Hello, I'm Carmen Canales, Senior Vice President and Chief People and Belonging Officer at Novant Health. Welcome to Talent Talk, a podcast that focuses on leadership strategies for engagement, development, and retention for the modern workforce. In each episode of Talent Talk, I'll interview a different leader about their transformational practices in leading, engaging, and retaining teams in support of our patients and communities. These conversations will leave you with a few key takeaways and actions you can put into place on your own teams. Our guest today is Jay Norton, Senior Vice President, Chief Risk Officer at Novant Health. Jay is an executive leader with more than 20 years of risk management experience and expertise in leading high-profile regulatory initiatives. Welcome, Jay. Thank you, Carmen. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Jay, tell us about yourself and your background and now your role at Novant Health. Sure. Thanks, Carmen. I'll start on the personal side first. So I'm originally from the Tampa Bay area of Florida, but have lived in Charlotte for almost 20 years now. Married for 22 years. So when I met 30 years ago, I have two kids, one in college, one about to go to college and excited to see what Empty Nest is all about. But professionally, I started off as an attorney, quickly learned that I liked much more the proactive side of that work and got into compliance and regulatory work there. Uh, and as well as operational risk. Um, I've worked for some large financial institutions and had great opportunities to lead programs there and work on some really high profile regulatory initiatives that uh, certainly taught me a lot about leadership. Fantastic. So Jay, tell us about your leadership style and what's your approach to leadership in general? No, it's a good question, Carmen. I, I think my leadership style, it feels like it adjusts to the environment and the situation that I'm in. So maybe it's a bit of a chameleon, but I still try to ground myself in what I think are sort of core leadership styles about myself and my brand. I would really like it to be, um, first and foremost, just credible. And credible doesn't mean knowledgeable about your business, but credible in that people respect what you say. They know you're going to do what you say. So credibility is really important to me. Um, also, authenticity. What you see is what you get, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, but definitely believe that being authentic is, is a great quality as well. And then lastly, just action-oriented. I think the space that we're in, we really have to get a lot accomplished. And I don't like to sit around and wait. Sometimes uh, that, that might scare people, but I do try to move quickly and, and move on to the next thing. So I think altogether, that's really how I would describe my leadership style. Well, Jay, I think that's fantastic. I've certainly seen the action-oriented It tells me and our listeners that you really have adopted your years of expertise in other industries over to healthcare. Jay, what do you think about the concept of belonging? It's something that we know has emerged as really key to attracting and engaging talent. What does it mean to you? And how do you foster belonging on your team and among your colleagues? That's great. And belonging is really important to me, Carmen. Um, I think you know by now one of my personality traits is I'm a relator. So I get a lot of energy out of relationships with the people that I I work with. And so for me, um, that really contributes to a sense of belonging for me in an organization. And I really try to um, do that through personally connecting one-on-one with everybody. I try to meet everybody in person if I can, certainly uh, get out and, and, and meet folks that I work with every single day. And also with team members that report up through me, I have level meetings. I make a commitment to meet with every single person on my team at least once within a period of time. And and that's just a way to get connected and uh, foster that sense of belonging. But I think for those who maybe aren't as wired (laughs) like I am, 
uh, it might take a little bit more. I, I try to um, I try to encourage that through some organic ways, certainly encouraging others or creating opportunities for team members to interact with each other in meaningful ways, not just sitting at your desk on your respective Zoom meetings, but find uh, whether it's projects or coffee hour or just sort of that organic interaction that I really uh, helps develop that sense of belonging, which I think we've lost uh, through the pandemic and folks have really gotten used to working from home. So it's important for me to find those opportunities to bring folks together. The last two things I'll say about that is I think um, sensing uh, a sense of belonging really comes from connecting people from their work to what they do in the big picture and strategy organization. So seeing that what I'm doing makes a difference. And again, I think fosters uh, the belonging. I belong here because I'm making a difference. I'm contributing to the goals of the organization. And then lastly, celebrating our success. Uh, again, I think that just strengthens relationships when we can all step back and take credit and pat each other on the back or have someone pat me on the back for what I did. So those are the things I think about as a leader. You know, Jay, some of your comments really resonate. Um, I couldn't agree more that for all of the things that took place during the pandemic, one of the things that as leaders we really need to pay attention to is this sense of connection and intentionally doing things to make sure that it's happening. So it sounds like like you have some great strategies in place around that. Thanks. So Jay, tell us about your time at Novant Health as a chief risk officer. Have you noticed significant differences in risk related to healthcare as compared to your, your previous experiences in banking or elsewhere? Or what similarities have you experienced? Yeah, it's been an amazing experience, Carmen. So coming from financial services, this, I mean, everything is new. Every day is an adventure and there's some story that I just, I could never have appreciated um, having not worked in, in healthcare. So um, every day is exciting for me. Um, and the chief risk officer role that I have, I, I get to see different aspects of risk through different dimensions. So whether that's through the compliance program, privacy office or audit or our risk managers, I really feel like I've got a good appreciation for the types of risks that are present in a healthcare setting. And from that, I constantly try to calibrate and compare my experience in financial services. And certainly an obvious difference is the subject matter, right? The healthcare regulatory environment is very different, um, but it's also similar that it's highly complex, highly regulated, highly nuanced. So that has been an interesting aspect for me. A difference is that in uh, financial services, if we got something wrong, it had a financial impact, but you could also address that. You could refund, you could do something to right the wrong. In healthcare, the stakes are so high. If you get the risk wrong, that has real consequences, real impact. So for me, I feel especially um, accountable to ensure that we have a really strong control environment and we're managing our risks appropriately because we just can't afford to get it wrong. I think that also in financial services, I share the example that for the large banks that I work for, you would have over 100 full-time federal regulators, auditors, examiners exclusively focused on you. They're on you every single day. They're in your offices. They have laptops. They get access to everything and they will find everything and you have to address everything. So there's really no place to hide in that space. You really, um, in some cases, have to over-engineer your response to risks in that environment. Here, certainly we don't have the same resources. We don't have the same number of folks on us. So it puts more obligation on us to make sure we're appropriately identifying the risks, that we're prioritizing the work that we need to do and do it in a way that makes sense for certainly our patients first and foremost, but also for our system. So those are just some early observations six months in, but it is uh, it is something I constantly way back and forth, Carmen, financial services versus healthcare. It's a very, I'm going to write a paper. We'll do a separate podcast on it. Wonderful. Julie, so. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Sign me up. I can't wait. So, Jay, one of the things that we strive to do here on Talent Talk 
is really to honor authenticity and to to have humility. So to that end, will you tell our listeners about a mistake that you've made in your career? And importantly, besides telling us a good story, what did you learn from it? Oh, I I think about this all the time, Carmen. I I obsess over things like this because I always am trying to improve myself and uh, and challenge sort of my assumptions. But the thing that comes to mind immediately is a number of years ago, I was working on a really, really complicated regulatory matter where we had to return money to customers, working with really outdated information, incomplete information. And it was it was really tough. And there was a lot of pressure to get it right. And I was part of a team and, and my role there was to, to help sort of coordinate and be a liaison between the regulators and senior leadership and the, the folks who were actually making uh, the changes and doing the work. And, you know, this is a little bit tough because we had different roles and responsibilities in that space. And I, in hindsight, should have been more proactive in, in helping uh, the other folks on the team. So I had peers that were working on different pieces of it. And I had sort of to adopt this mentality of stay in your lane, let them do what they're going to do. I recognize they might be struggling, but you know, I'm not really going to step on their toes or or get in the way. And what happened from that is we really got sideways on something, got to our leaders kind of late, uh, later than we should have. And at the time I thought, well, you know, that was my peers' responsibility, or I didn't want to bother my boss with these issues that I felt weren't really mine to raise. And my leader rightfully came down on me and, um, and, and gave me an inconsistently meets expectations, which was devastating for me. But as we talked about it, I get, that was the light bulb ones. Like, oh, of course. I mean, first of all, as a leader, your leader, they can't help if they don't know, right? And you're not really protecting them from information. Don't wait for that really big, um, sort of moment where it's too late to do anything about. So that has certainly changed the way that I bring matters to attention of others. Don't wait too late. No surprises, but it really changed the dynamic of the way that I work with my peers who are also leaders trying to uh, adjust that I'm not stepping on their toes. I really am here to help them. And what can I do to assist? And sometimes avoid, you know, not avoiding those really delicate conversations where you have to give a little bit of truth to your peer or say, look, let's, it's time. Like we really need to step up and do something. Let's call the boss. Let's call in resources. And that's uncomfortable because you, you, you don't want to step on toes. You want to respect your peers. But that learned for me, like we can't do that because ultimately we show up as a collective management team. We show up together. We all succeed together. We fail together. And so from that, it really has changed the way that I interact with folks. I'm a little bit more um, always constructive, always diplomatic, but I'm a little more assertive than I've been in the past. But I come from it as a point of, look, we're here to succeed together. Let's do it. And let's not have anybody surprised by this or miss an opportunity uh, to address something before it's too late. So that is something that sticks with me. I think about it way more than I maybe I should, um, but I, I, I will never repeat that mistake again. Jay, thank you for sharing that the candor and vulnerability of that example. I'm sure it's going to resonate with our listeners. As we close, Jay, what final leadership tips would you share with our listeners? Yeah, I, I thought of three things, Carmen. Um, first is is carving out time for leadership development. And I think some of us are good about blocking off time for focused time on our calendars, but I, I actually schedule it like leadership development and whatever that looks like for you, whether it's reading something, whether it's being intentional about setting up meetings with folks you haven't talked to in a while. I think if you don't make time for it very quickly, your calendar is just going to get away from you. So trying to be really intentional about developing your leadership is 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 really crucial. The second thing I would offer is constantly solicit constructive feedback and it's 360 feedback from the people you work with the people you report to and who report to you i got into a lull where i thought hey i'm smart i kind of know what i'm doing here 
And I really missed out on some opportunities. So I, I, I really rarely miss an opportunity to ask for constructive feedback. And I've got thicker skin over the years that I can take it. Uh, and, and I also offer it. Uh, so constructive feedback is really, really important uh, as a leader. And then lastly, I would suggest that you find a confident, a confidant rather, a friend at work, someone that you can bounce things off, unload, someone you trust that you can share really honestly, you know, how's it going? Because as you know, as a leader, you kind of have to put on the leader persona sometimes, but you also need someone you can talk to about it and share ideas, uh, maybe vent a little, but also ask for feedback. How would you handle this situation? Uh, and I feel very fortunate that um, I found a really few great folks like that where I'm at now, and I've had them in the past, and it just makes such a difference as a leader to know you don't have to go it alone. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to figure it out. There are people around you that are great resources. You know, Gallup would call that having a best friend at work, That's which right. you know, I think is key at, at all levels. Well, Jay Norton, I want to thank you for sharing your lessons learned and your wisdom with our listeners today. Thank you so much, Jay. Thank you so much for having me, Carmen. I loved it. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Make sure to look for future episodes of Talent Talk where you typically listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. And until next time, keep inspiring the talent around you.